0: Hi, everybody. This is Stephanie Rupert. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we reinvigorate and reinvent the way we think about ourselves. Now, today is episode number 19X, which makes it somewhere in the ballpark of 38 minus 35. Today is episode number 19X, and in it, I am going to talk about my theory of salvation. Now, that might sound a little bit boring, but I think, A, if anybody in the crowd is uh, academic or into the idea of religion, it definitely will not be boring for you. B, I think it has some really interesting aspects about what it means to be human laced through it. And this is actually, the content, a significant part, it's half, it's 50,000 words, half of my dissertation. And, it is a brand new theory that kind of overhauls the way that we have historically thought about the idea of salvation. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to share it with you. I thought it could be a good time to jump into the idea of salvation since a few days ago we talked about the idea of resurrection very briefly. And it was very interesting because James, the man I had on, and if you haven't listened yet, stop listening to me now go listen to him then if you want to anyway we talked about the idea of resurrection and james described how people have these this language this religious language that they're using for quote-unquote secular things right these he talks about he studies holographic images of black recording artists Because Tupac and Michael Jackson and many other people are being made into holographic images and then, quote unquote, performing for people. And some people relate to the appearance of these images in a deeply emotional, some might say spiritual way. And that's fascinating and analogous to things like the resurrection of Jesus Christ in Christian literature and history. And my question in this idea of salvation is how do we hold space for all of the various ways in which human beings inside and outside of religion have very deep emotional, what I would call salvific experiences, experiences that save them. So more on that in a minute. I'll jump into salvation then. I know I kind of started already, but I'll jump into it then. Some housekeeping stuff. Y'all know I am doing a giveaway. I give away copies, a copy of a book on my bookshelf to somebody who has written a review of the podcast as a way of saying thank you. I really appreciate the time and effort it takes to do that. And so and so, I want to say thanks. And all you have to do to enter the giveaway, if you want to be one, is to take a screenshot of your review as you're writing it to tmoeverything at gmail.com. And I I then I'll I pick one every week. This week's winner, her name is Rose Garcia. I have already emailed her. Super excited, excited to connect and uh, she will have her choice of some of these books and others on my other bookshelf over there. So that's my housekeeping stuff. I am now back I took I guess I didn't mention this last a couple days ago but I took two weeks off of posting episodes I will probably not ever do that again I really wanted to stockpile create more of a buffer you know stockpile episodes create more of a buffer so I had many more episodes in the queue and also I was working on some technological problems with my computers and my studio and the like. So I took a little bit of time and and now I am back and I will be consistent henceforth most likely, very much most likely. So uh, thank you for your patience and I'm sorry I didn't give you a heads up about that sooner. I didn't know when I recorded my most recent episode that I would be taking these two weeks off. So that is, a thing that is real. And now I am going to discuss my theory, Stephanie Rupert's theory of salvation. It's a thing. So, what is salvation and why does it matter? Okay, so the idea of salvation comes from Christian history and basically is about a doctrine in Christian tradition of what a religion can do for you, of what Christianity can do for you, of what Jesus can do for you. Jesus saves, right? And the way that you achieve salvation is, has changed a lot throughout time. But generally speaking, theorists of religion now understand that salvation, more or less, has to do with receiving a benefit from doing some sort of prescription or action. Right, so Martin Luther was somewhat unique in that he said, You are sola fide, right? Saved by faith alone. All you had to do was believe, and then you would be saved. And usually people interpreted this to mean saved after death, after the return of Christ and the reparation of the world. There were other people who thought that you could be saved from doing good works. That is that you had to actually do penance or community service or something like that, right? There are a number of different ways that you could achieve salvation in the Christian religion. And then at about the turn of the 20th century, around there, uh, people started to, scholars of religion started to wonder if we could find analogous ways of being saved in other religious traditions, right? If we could find this same sort of exchange, the same sort of experience of doing something and receiving a benefit in return, of people longing for some sort of remediation of, of their human problem. And so there began this discussion of looking for ways to find salvation in other religions, but, that became deeply problematic because you're comparing apples and oranges often so the critiques went and when people there was a famous somewhat famous theologian named john hick who said all religions essentially do the same thing they point to the same point they are all different paths to the same mountaintop it's a common analogy used Is that true? Are religions, all religions, all similar, giving you different ways of walking the same path, of reaching the same transcendent truth of the unity of the cosmos and that we should all be nice to each other, basically. Uh, That was obviously problematic for a lot of people because they were just painting with very broad brushstrokes to try to make these claims. And so other people said, no, we can't talk about salvation in other religions. We can maybe talk about salvations. We can maybe theorize a little bit about how it looks in different religions. You know, if you're being liberated from cycles of suffering, as you might find more in Eastern traditions, or are you being saved from your inherent sinfulness as in the West, we can sort of talk about these things next to each other, but we can't say they're the same. I have a solution. Now, obviously it's, it's the solution is rather just a, just a reframing and I don't ever articulate. I don't ever argue that the other concepts of salvation are wrong. The doctrine of salvation in Christianity, ideas of salvation, perhaps in Buddhism or Hinduism, What I do, however, is say, look, if we want to talk about salvation as something that happens across religious traditions, we need to actually locate it in the human person. And so, salvation, I argue, is not something that happens in religions per se, but it is something that happens in every human being in a wide variety of ways that often happens in religion. And so, for me, salvation is not a doctrine. But it is an experience of the remediation of the negative feelings we have about what it means to be human. It is basically coping with the limitations of our human existence. Now, I don't think that we ever, as a species, I I can't say that, I don't think that we necessarily go about salvation in an intentional or cognitive way. We can, and often people who identify as spiritual seekers do. But my argument is that we often, we do this so subconsciously. We are constantly affected by the fact that we are bounded by our, what we might call in the study of religion, materiality, by our human embodiment, by the fact that we die and are frail and are not all powerful right the many scholars have remarked have observed that the gods are the gods that we create um ludwig ludwig feuerbach once observed in the 19th century that god is we are not made in god's image god is made in our image but in an idealized image of us and so god is all powerful and all right and all knowing And part of the reason we do this is because we are so distraught, even again, if subconsciously, with the fact that we are bounded by our lack of knowledge, by our lack of power, and by our lack of ability to transcend our physical bodies and to transcend time. We are frustrated by this. We are aware of how deeply, how deeply we suffer as, as just as a part of being human, right? As a necessary part of being human, we have, we are aware of it, whether we want to be or not, we are aware of it. And we might not even carry this awareness with us consciously, conscientiously, but it, I argue, is embedded in our skin. It's in our bones. It's in the way that we talk with one another and seek out activities and sort of Ping pong between things in our environment, looking for ones that will bring us some kind of satisfaction, some kind of alleviation, whether that takes our minds off things, whether it's just a distraction, or rather it's actually something that helps us on a fundamental, deep level feel better about what it means to be human. And so, for a lot of people, thinking that you will be saved after death by belief in Jesus Christ, that is a salvific belief because it helps you cope with the fact that someday we will die right? And, but that's one example of how that could happen in religion. And it can also happen outside of religion. And it can happen in things that we often traditionally think of as very mundane. For me, dancing is deeply salvific because it facilitates for me an experience of connection and oneness and flow, the psychological concept of flow. Uh, It connects me with the people around me. It, sort of helps me feel at one and at peace with existence, right? And that is something that isn't traditionally religious, but it is deeply salvific. Now, part of the reason I want to talk about salvation in this way is because then we can have commonalities with everybody. We can talk about the different things that save us, but we can talk about this experience of salvation in a way that is, you know, we have common ground. What are you? What are you saved by? Well, I'm I'm saved I'm saved by dancing. You know, I deal with being human by dancing. I deal with being human by doing philosophy, by asking questions, by hosting the Meaning of Everything podcast. Like this show is salvific for me, and I can chat with my friends about what what does these things for them. You know, what saves them, what helps them. How do we cope? This helps us transcend the divide that we impose on ourselves as a species between people who are religious and people who aren't or even people who say they're spiritual or spiritual but not religious whatever that means and maybe oh I'll, i'm gonna take a note i'll do a, i'll do an x episode on spiritual but not religious so we collapse this distinction between all of these different categories there's no real fundamental experiential difference between my humanness and the humanness of my good friend, Paul, who's deeply Christian. Yes, there are obviously differences, but we're still both doing the same thing. We're still attempting to make sense of and cope with the the limitations of, of what it means to be a human animal. And I think this is really important because there's so much division and so much tension and so much accusation on both sides about what you believe and how reasonable you are and your priorities in life and all these different things. But at root, we are all just one of this species that is desperate to be saved. I call this homo salvificus sometimes when I'm feeling pretentious. We are a part of this, the species that wants to be saved. So anyway, that is my theory of salvation. That's why I think it matters. And I am more than happy, more than happy to correct it and juxtapose it with other theories. And I would love people's ideas or feedback. This is, as I have said, a bedrock piece, cornerstone piece in my work and in, in my forthcoming books and also in in the ways in which i want to help people with their own experiences of salvation with their own experiences of coping with not just being human but also with this western moment with the current cultural moment we're in that is very um fucked in many ways it's a good way to put it i want to help so that's why i'm here it's part of why i'm here salvation the species that's longing to be saved More on which, Anon, I'm very excited about the guests that I have coming on in future weeks, so do stay tuned. Follow the show on Instagram and on Facebook at Stephanie Rupert, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-R-U-P-E-R, then you can stay tuned. You can also subscribe. Subscribing is a great way to stay tuned and follow, and I will keep you up to date. Do, as ever, stay in touch with me. If you like, I am more than happy to correspond. This has been The Meaning of Everything, episode number 19X, and I will talk to you next week. Take care.